This week's Kojima Frequency guest is Boba, a Yogscast content creator, Twitch streamer, and as of last week, an integral part of Metal Gear speedrunning history. We generally cover like two types of content or two different subjects. One, we do sort of like a current events. I compare it to like a Christian school where they have like a business class, but they'll apply the business fundamentals to like Jesus, you know? So it's okay. the same way with like these stories, but we apply it to like Kojima or Metal Gear. So um, you're saying Metal Gear is a Christ allegory. Yes. I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's, <laughs> the community is definitely yes. religious. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. For better or worse. Also, I promise I won't be eating chips this whole time. But <laughs> another thing is we do. Throwing back coffee this whole time. Trying to wake up. Mm. And then one more thing is um, sometimes we do have awkward silences. This is Days Ahead. Yo, it's Apache Smash. And I'm Nitroid. You're listening to the Kojima Frequency. Yeah, I did a podcast before and they were like, can you introduce yourself? And I was like, oh my God, what do I say? I don't even know. Hi. Hello. (laughs) Oba. That's it, I guess. (laughs) There's there's a lot to say, like... Partnered Twitch streamer, you run a huge community Discord. Um, <laughs> I feel like a lot of things I do, as you can see, are by accident. So, <laughs> 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 yeah, well, sometimes there are happy accidents, you know. Mm-hmm. It seems like if, if, if they're all happy accidents so far. So, I hope we can keep it that way. Uh, seems to be. But yeah, uh, I guess in that case, we can like kind of get this role and then. To give folks a little bit of background, if you've been living under a rock in the Metal Gear community for the past week, we have Boba here. She played Metal Gear Solid for the first time this month, and during this time, uh, she discovered something real special. So I don't want to—I don't want to be the one to let out that fun story. So I will hand it back over to you, Boba. Sure. Do you want me to just take it from the top, or just a general statement on what happened? Oh, I, I personally, Go I want you it. to take it from the top because I right. this, this story is fascinating to me. All right. So um, basically, when I was a kid, my dad played Metal Gear and I didn't remember really anything about it except for, I guess, spoilers, but maybe not because probably anyone listening to this is aware of a lot of Metal Gear things. Um, the only thing that I remembered from my dad playing, which is like ha- probably when it was released, I don't even know. And I also don't even know when it was released. Um, is some fight on, like, the back of a car or something. And <laughs> I have, with, like, the blonde guy, who now I know is probably Liquid Snake that's in it. I'm not sure. Um, and I have a lot of good friends that really love Metal Gear. Um, Ravs, uh, Lydia from the Yogg's cast as well. And then just some other friends um, who have just been into it and have told me before you know because I, I i love playstation games playstation stuff in general uh that's kind of what i grew up on so i had kind of always wanted to revisit the older games like old tomb raider old like pretty much everything and things that i know that my dad had played when i was a kid that i didn't get to play because i was a kid and i was playing on my super nintendo um so metal gear was something that um, I had more exposure to later on too, because I have a younger brother who is 19 and he went through a phase a few years ago where he was very obsessed with Metal Gear and played a lot of the newer ones on like PlayStation 3. Whoa, um, that, so that, that phase ended for him. You could, I don't that. know. I don't know if he's really still into it because he did. Um, I sent my mom the articles when everything happened and she said my brother was losing his mind and that he follows some thread on Twitter, and he was like, oh my gosh, she was the first thing I saw this morning, and he was really excited. So I don't know if he's still Aww. really into it or not, but he really loved it for a while. I just, I'm just flabbergasted that one of us got out, but please continue. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so I kind of just wanted to play it, and I felt really lucky because um, it's a game that has been around for a long time, 
has a really great, amazing fan base, has so much like character to it. And I still knew nothing about it because I just had never entered that sort of sphere of Metal Gear. Um, so playing it, I have a lot of rules when I play games where I have moderators that do a really good job at keeping spoilers and backseating and everything to pretty much zero. Um, so my experience is really fresh and kind of like pure. And also like, I know so many people when they really enjoy and really love something are like, I wish I could erase my entire memory of it and play it again. And so that's basically where I am because I just never played it in the first place. Um, so I've played through the game and I got to a point where after like, I do not play games very professional. Like I would say I'm good at games, but also I'm streaming. You want to be entertaining, everything like that. So I get distracted and also I just fuck up a lot and I think it's hilarious. Also, am I allowed to curse on you? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Fuck yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I said it and I was like, oh no, the children-friendly Metal Gear podcast, I've ruined it. This series is not child-friendly. No, we, we know what we're doing. <laughs> and um, so I, I got past, I don't even know chronologically where I've been because I'm like, oh my gosh, so much stuff happens in this game. Got through the, the wolves, got to Sniper Wolf. She like hit Meryl pretty good and I was like, damn, that really sucks. And then I was like, okay, guess I'll be back. I've got to go look for some sniper thing. And then eventually, after all of that, the communications tower bullshit happened. And oh my gosh, I, I was at the end of one of my streams and I got into that first communications tower, I think it is. And I kept doing it over and over again and I was just not getting it. So I was like, okay, everybody, we'll do this next time. And um, I was supposed to stream... Uh, like a few days prior and do Metal Gear and then I ended up doing it on a Saturday um, and then I went into the communications tower and I think I went up a couple of times and died and I was getting so frustrated and I thought okay well I know that there's a door that Otakon has told me is locked from the other side but this is Kojima and I already know he does weird shit because he wanted me to switch my controllers around so I thought Maybe for some reason, now that I've died and done it a few times or something, maybe it's just unlocked now. So I like was getting my ass kicked and I frantically press buttons and I don't have the analog turned on. So I'm using the D-pad still. And I was like pressed up against the door. And I think I went to go take out the level six key card and I switched to like rations or something. And then the loading screen happened and it was black and then I was on the other side of the door. And at first I was very angry because I thought this whole time I could have avoided this stupid fucking tower <laughs> and been on the other side of this door. And so I was mad. And my friend Uncle Disco, who's pretty much one of the people that was really excited and helped me set everything up, was like, um, I don't know what you did, but you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> and you skipped some of the game and some of the story. And I was like, oh, fuck. <coughs> so I saved the game on an alternate save just in case. And then I went back into the communications tower, went all the way up. No guards were spawning or anything. And then I did everything that comes after that. And I think I waited until like the next day. And I was like, haha, that's so funny. And I had no idea that it was actually like, I had no idea about speed running like outside of, I know that people do it, and I have a friend, um, 2chan, who does uh, Sonic speedruns, but I never thought about actually the implementation of this because I thought it was just an accident that no one was going to be able to replicate. And so I popped it up on Twitter, and I said, get wrecked, speedrunners, and I'm very sorry for that. <laughs> you single-handedly put the, the speedrunning thing. community into a frenzy. You weren't, I mean, you yeah. weren't wrong. But you, you were not wrong. Yeah, that was one of the best things <laughs> and, about it. And I, I do like that that sort of logic that you put into that door. You're like, OK, Kojima's been like the Kojima logic. That kind of kills me because your, your logic was, OK, he made me switch my controller. So maybe yeah. he wants me to do other crazy stuff. And that I, I don't know if I want to call it like a fear or anxiety, but like that. That speaks to me a little bit there. <laughs> well, that, that kind mm -hmm. of logic does show up earlier in that same segment because they consider, you know, what if the player's second controller port doesn't work? And if you lose that battle three times, 
another solution pops up. Mm-hmm. So there, so I mean that that kind of thinking is built into the game. It's funny because when I'm playing, I'm playing on RetroArch and I'm I'm using a um a ROM, which I'm like, oh my god, I don't want to go to prison for admitting that. <laughs> so my joke is on my stream, what we all joke about is because when I did the fight with um, I like to call him uh, psychedelic iguana. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is Psychomantis. I've made up alternate <laughs> names for everybody. Um, Revolver Ocelot is Cowboy Leopard. Um, I like that. So <laughs> with that fight, I I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go through the hassle of like telling my emulator that I've switched my port or anything. So I joke that my controllers are super glued into my original PlayStation and that's what <laughs> I'm playing on. So I ended up doing the the other thing that you can do in that fight too. Um, but it, but yeah, that kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, I feel like these games are they were they must have been revolutionary at the time to have s- those sorts of things in them to really interact with you the way that they do. So I thought maybe there's another interaction that I need to do because the tower felt impossible to get through, which I'm so glad I broke it because I didn't have to keep fighting those guards. But it kind of put me into that mindset of like. Maybe I need to do something weird and get through this, and I'm not supposed to go up there because I keep dying, but I guess you you actually can keep going if you just fucking do it, I guess. Yeah, you just kind of have to push through. Um, So, Apache, could you step in here and for, for anybody listening, sort of explain technically what's going on with this skip? Yeah, sure. Um, just before I do that, I, I do want to say this might have been foreshadowed a long time ago, um, because you said you're friends with 2chan, and I know yes. that when 2chan did Sonic um, at GDQ, um, her information came up on the stream rung, and Pywood was running Metal Gear Solid 1 at GDQ, and uh, his name went in place of hers when she went live on the stream. So this this has been foreshadowed for for years i guess at this point oh my gosh in the old text <laughs> the prophecy yeah yeah so some, something's going on there um but y- you found a way to get through the level six door in the communications tower which um Articon says is locked um for a long time speedrunners theorized that it would be possible like you know people cheated with the game and and touched that load zone and continued the game as normal um, so it was a theoretical skip that no one could could actually do. No one could figure out how to get through the door. Um, what Boba did, completely accidentally, is something that's now considered an RNG skip. So you have to go for it, and there's a chance you'll get it or not. So not only did you get it like set up everything perfectly, but you also got the correct look in order to get through the door. Um, what, what Boba did was um, she went into the perfect position by the door, held her gun up towards the guard, and if you watch the clip of her doing it, at the last second, she brings up her gun, um, because you have to be shot while pointing your SOCOM at the guard. This is this is one way of doing the the, the glitch. Um, so, every, like, the stars aligned perfectly, and I have watched this back hundreds of times, because, <laughs> you know, I'm a speedrunner, it's absolutely fascinating to me. Um I mean, you uh, so, guys had this deconstructed in like an hour almost, wasn't it? No, it, it, within within twelve hours. That was actually we, that was going to be my follow up question. Was like sorry, sorry to interrupt. Uh, that was going to be my follow up question, Apache. You can continue your thought after this, but like I was like, how, like were you, Boba? Were you like inundated with people asking you how you fulfilled the prophecy? Like, <laughs> I got like um, I got some responses on Twitter that were just like. What what were you using? What did you play this on? And I didn't see them like right away. And then I answered later and I felt bad because I was like, oh, man, they're I guess they're trying to replicate this. But it was funny because it was that. And then I, I think like pretty straightforward just from reviewing, like Apache said, that it was just deconstructed in a way where people figured it out. But yeah, <laughs> there were people that were like, what were you using? And I didn't see it. <laughs> later. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was one of those people. So sorry for that. Like, I, no, I was like, no, I loved you it, but it was away. so funny. It was so funny. Like, I don't mind being contacted or anything, but it was funny because I was just like going about my day, not realizing what I'd done. And then I was, oh, it was funny to read them. 
I keep I keep getting wrapped up in this because I just think about how cool it is, and that 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 like spawns another twelve ideas in my mind, and that I want to talk about. But it, it it's very interesting to me because I've I've speedrun the games for a long time now. Um, but she lined up with the door and held her so come out to the guard. When the guard shot her, um, it pushed her. It basically extends Snake's hitbox, and he can touch the load zone that's behind the door. You even see him running against the door like he would when Snake normally touches the load zone. You lose control of the player, and you see him run through. Uh, you see that happen on screen with the door just like in the way. Um, now there's a setup where you essentially throw a stun grenade to get to stun all the guards. You line up against the door, and then you detonate a chaff grenade in your hand while looking at the right angle when when snakes like self detonates a grenade in his hand uh there's two animations there's a normal one where he like reacts to the explosion and there's a weird one where he kind of like throws his arms up in the air um and it seems like a 50 50 whether you'll get one or the other um but you need the one where he throws his arms up uh for him to touch the load zone um and that's like the fastest way to do boba skip so you don't even need enemies to attack you you can just do it on your own right yeah and the reason we had to find a way to do it without being attacked is because on extreme you can only be shot twice and you need all your health like optimally you need every single bit of health and for newer players you know you're likely to lose health going up to the comm tower anyway and in extreme the health doesn't replenish on lower difficulties your health replenishes every time you kill a boss on extreme your health bar increases but your actual amount of health that you have doesn't increase and you know you can only carry one ration things like that so it's a lot more strict now i'm not a speed runner but so correct me if i'm wrong but hypothetically this would work on any door in the game Uh, that was actually going to be sort of my question was like Weren't people? I mean, I remember being a kid having my Game Shark with the level ten PAL card or right, level ten right. key card, and I would go into the level six door in the prison and then totally skip the torture sequence um, and go to the latter half of the game. Hypothetically, could I do that without a level ten card and a Game Shark level ten card and a chaff grenade? We we already do that, but not with not with this glitch. Yeah, um, you do it with the, as far the as vent, I'm, right? Yeah, as as far as I'm aware. Um, there hasn't been another door we get through with this glitch yet um but it's still early days and a lot of people you know were commenting saying oh my god i can't believe this game was broken now this game's been broken for a a very long time so (laughs) the fact that you still found another two and a half minutes in a a game that was incredibly fast already is is just amazing because this people find glitches all the time in computer games but it's rare that someone found something so monumental in a game that already had like 20 over 20 years of people really really looking into it and really really trying to break it um so in any percent we already like immediately go to torture we instead of going up to the vent to meet the darpa chief we just go out of bounds and immediately into torture and it skips like half the game right at the beginning um but what what Boba Skip actually skips is the entire climb up the comm tower, all the rappel back down, and what people have kind of skirted over as well is it skips the 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 guards on the walkway, which are unique guards. They they when they hit you, they knock you back, um, and it's one of the like barriers to picking up this game casually is being able to do that walkway effectively. It's a really tricky little part of the run, so you've skipped like you've made the game easier for newer players as well as finding a massive skip. So what is the world record right now for MGS one? I mean, it's probably changed since the time I last looked, but um, (laughs) there's, there's multiple um, records in MGS one that, that really matter from the absolute fastest, which is PC very easy, which is completely broken. Um, That was hovering around the 30 minutes mark. And now thirty, you know, it's it's now sub thirty minutes. That's way been absolutely Jeez. smashed. Um, I know that D <laughs> D Lambs uh, got a like really low twenty nine last night. I think it was a a twenty nine twenty, so a super super low time. 
um, but they think it can come down even further. So th- this, this like, you don't you don't just get the two and a half minute skip and then all the all the times come down by two and a half minutes because they have to get everything else perfect and get this as well now. So they'll just be battling amongst themselves for for records. Jeez. I know you know Jaguar King, longtime Metal Gear speedrunner. He came back to MGS One after he was saying he was done with it for a time. Um, and he immediately got a you know a big boss world record, and he only plays on extreme, so he's doing like PC extreme and then console extreme. So uh, just, uh, <laughs> there's so many people actively running it a- again. So Boba, uh, first time playing Metal Gear Solid, and now you're a part of history. Yeah, I, I think too <laughs> something that's so important is like the way that we interact with games, especially as streamers too. And Apache's uh, what he was talking about kind of brought this all up into my head, but. Um, it was commented a few times on on Twitter is like with streamers, especially like backseating and running people through games happen so often. And like, I feel part of the success with this is I don't like that. You know, I, I want to figure things out on my own, even if I'm doing the same thing over and over again and actually suffering. And even when I'm like, oh, my gosh, OK, maybe just tell me what to do. My mods don't let it happen because I've told them not to. So with this, it was kind of the same thing where um, I had been in another part of the game and someone had kind of told me what to do right away. And I was like, you know what? This is a Kojima game. I feel like there's going to be more to it. It was in the prison where there's like a a few ways that you can get out and someone just told me right away. So I ignored what they said and I did something else. So it was kind of like that too, where I'm thankful, you know, when it comes to backseating that you can kind of like, take that experience out of it and do it your own way. Cause otherwise if someone had told me right away what to do, I would never have guessed to do anything like that. Right. Yeah, did you open that- like, Oh, the door's frozen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how did you oh, handle the, uh, Merrill's codec frequency? Ooh, that, um, that one, actually one of my mods was like, you know what? Uh, like I own the game. I have the disc, so this part I'll give it to you. Because other than that, I don't know. I would have had to probably look it up. But Disco was like, I own the game, so let's just take this one, you know? Yeah, that, that's fair. <laughs> or you could have gone through like one at a time, one single codec frequency at a time until you found it. That would, that would, mm-hmm. I don't think that would have made the best stream content. That would have been, you know, the newest thing for speedrunners, too, is how fast can you cycle through to Meryl's code? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm, it might be nowadays, just to go to the store and find a copy. Right. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I like I know the code numbers, but like I forget to call Otacon until I need him to open the door. And I just feel like I'm using like I'm, I'm a fair weather friend, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, OK, I didn't talk to you the whole game, guy, but you got me out of prison and you got me out of this door. But I won't talk to you again. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of me with Nastasha, because I never call her anymore. Oh, my gosh. She's thanks. she's entirely optional. She and it's just sad because I feel like she has some of the f- more fun commentary yeah. going mm-hmm. through cycling through your weapons and your items and calling her. But yeah, completely optional. Some people don't even pay attention to the part where they they recommend you to to, to contact Nastasha. Yeah, I mean that's where some of like the visual novel DNA is coming out is during those con those codec conversations because you just get these really long and elaborate little mini dramas that play out at times between the characters. And I God, I spent hours listening to those. Oh so, my gosh, I I just I'm so sorry. I've I love Metal Gear now, but every time Snake says something that is just womanizer, I'm fucking gagging. I'm like, please, Snake, please. Do you remember that part? Uh, now that you mentioned that, I love that part when he uh, he him and Meryl are in the girls' bathroom. And, mm-hmm. you know, they have that dialogue where it's like everybody knows the part where it's like, oh, you've got a cute putt. And she's like, well, first my eyes and now my butt. What's next? And he like, he only retorts with in the battlefield. You never know what's next. And I'm like, that is a total deflection, man. You're oh just talking gosh. about her ass. Like I was I got to the part where I had to figure out which person she was. And I was like, yeah, let me guess. I have to look at her ass. And then that was the thing I was like, oh, my God, what game am I playing? <laughs> Kojima Logic. love the 90s. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's a hero's lines that only work if the game was written by men. Like these, these lines only work if men wrote it. Gosh, they're so funny sometimes too, <laughs> but they're great. I really like the characters a lot. I really like Sniper Wolf a lot. I think she's my fave. But um, if you don't mind me asking, going back to this, what did the 
backseater, what did they recommend you, you do to the prison and what did you end up doing to get out of the prison? Um, so I was in the prison and I did the torture scene like a bunch of times because I'm, I'm, I love Mario Party so I can repeatedly <laughs> press a button a million times in a row and not get tired. So I did that and I was like, okay, well, I don't want to keep having to play Mario Party Metal Gear Solid. So um, I was like, okay, well, how can I figure this out? And, and Otakon came by and he gave me the handkerchief and the ketchup and he, and is there a third item? I can't remember. Yeah, he gives you a ration. Okay, okay. So he gives you those, and I was like, okay, the guard outside is sick. So I I kept taking the I kept looking at the body that was in there with me because I thought, okay, maybe something's on the body because there's like a weird a weird little pixel close to it that I thought was like a key or something. And then I was like, okay, well the guard is sick, and they gave me sniper wolf's handkerchief so maybe i'm supposed to be like here you can blow your nose with this and be like wow you're a nice guy i'll let you out uh that's not one of the ways that you can get out i'm not gonna Um, say anything are you gonna continue the series yes yes okay yeah not saying it not saying shit let's keep going thank you thank you (laughs) and then um i was like oh this is not working and so someone in the chat was like Use the ketchup on your body when he walks away and it will look like you are dying and he'll come back and blah, 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 blah. And I, we usually, if someone backseats, we just time them out and they get like a, get a warning. And then if they do it again, usually we're pretty strict on it that we'll just ban them. And then if they want to come back, they can explain, you know, listen, I won't do it again or something. Cause it does really ruin the experience when you're going in and, and you don't know anything about it. I just was like, just ban that person because it made me so frustrated. (laughs) So I am also very, very stubborn. And so when they said that, I said, oh, I'm never going to do that. Even if it's the solution, it's going to take me a very long time to do that because you said that. So I was like, okay, well, what else can I do? And I was like, well, I can go under the bed. Maybe I'll try going under the bed and see what happens. And then when he walked away and he came back, he's like, oh, he's gone. And I said, that's what you get, you fucking spoiling game. I'm not touching that ketchup. Don't even catch me. I'm not catching that ketchup. So I didn't. And I hid and it worked. Good on you. So wait, somebody, if you don't, if you don't use the ketchup, do you keep it? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, it just sits there. Yeah, it's a, it's a healing item. Uh, it gives you a little bit. It works like a little, bit, like a ration. I wonder if you eat it automatically because I don't think I still have it. But I like that it's Italian ketchup. <laughs> In fact, I think when you pick up the box of gear, the ketchup will will go at that point. How funny! Yeah, it would be funny if just, it would I automatically mean... get used if you got hurt at low life. Just imagine Snake being shot at, just chugging a bottle of Heinz. <laughs> That's how you know he's a hero, because he can do that. <laughs> I was just thinking about going to Sniper Wolf's body after all that, you know, the drama happens and she has a little wolf pulp by her and just like squirting out that ketchup in her honor. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Instead of the handkerchief, which you've, if if things had worked out the way I wanted them to, where I gave the sick guard the handkerchief, I could just douse her face in ketchup and pour one out for the homies. <laughs> did you, um, did you figure out what the handkerchief is for? Yes, because, well, I got, um, right now, currently, I am, I just went through fighting, um, who I like to call, uh, Dale Gribble Snake, which is Liquid Snake, and he was like, ha I'm actually Sunglasses Man, which, Watch since I'm playing sand. on, I was about to say, yes, that's sand. <laughs> I was like, oh no, so, since I'm playing and I can tab out and pause it, before that reveal happened, the guy was like, I've also double-crossed you. Add me to the list, because basically everybody else did, too. So I paused the game. I said, if this bitch takes off his sunglasses and puts his hair down, I'm going to fucking lose my mind. And then he did, and I was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> so I'm at the part where I'm fighting um, the big Gundam with uh, my blonde um, Dale Gribble brother in it, and uh, Ninja Man has come in and gotten squashed. And I didn't get past it yet because I kept getting fucked up. Um, And I died right after the second phase started, like immediately. And then it went back to the first phase. I said, okay, we'll see you next time. So maybe a skip will be happening next time. Um, uh, So that's where I am. But I did get to the part with Sniper Wolf and 
um, we put the handkerchief on her face, and Otakon, God, I love Otakon. He was doing a little cry. He's a sweet boy. So, um, I don't know if you'll ever play the game through again, but there is actually a utility to the handkerchief, apart from Ooh. just being used in cutscenes. Do Do you want to know? Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. Um, it has her scent on it, so if you have it equipped, uh, when you go through the the uh, the caverns with the wolves, they won't attack you. Oh, that's really cool. I got yeah, lost they, in there so many times. Oh my gosh. They do like little love hearts as well. They just sit down and 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 like kind of whine and make little love hearts as well. It's really cute. Oh, that is really cute. You can also replicate that effect a little earlier in the game. Um, <laughs> as, oh, as you saw, Meryl has an affinity with the wolves herself. And if mm -hmm. you hit her when you don't have a box on, one of the big wolves attacks you. If you hit oh her, my gosh. If you, but however, if you hit her and equip a box, a little wolf pup uh, comes over and pees on the box. And then that <laughs> box that gets peed on, you can use that in the, in the cave the same way you would use a handkerchief and the, the, they'll accept you, I guess. I see. So basically, this series is insane, and you have no idea what you've gotten into. I'm sorry. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm I excited feel, to play the rest of them. I feel like she has a oh, only gets of an idea now that she has the concept of like Kojima logic. Yeah, it's so strange, but it's 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 really cool because I mean, like he he was behind PT too, right? The the scary mm -hmm. one, and just the way that you can interact in that and all of the different kind of outcomes is kind of like similar in my mind it, it it's really cool like i really love it and i i struggle sometimes to find a game where especially with longer ones when streaming which streaming is kind of like the only place that i play video games besides like playing final fantasy online but i've gone through some recently where i've like tried to pick them up like ellie noir and things like that and i just haven't like gotten sucked into them and this one Every time I'm done, even if I'm at the end of a boss thing, I'm like, oh, I can't wait till the next time I play it and, and learn more, too. I think that's awesome that you've had such a good experience with uh, a game that came out in 1998 and mm -hmm. you're playing it for the first time now and you're having a great time with it. But you've also set your environment up perfectly to play these games because the people who are fans of this game, there is a, a big large section of them that go into people's streams and ruin these games so uh, mm -hmm. you know as you as you've seen um i think if you you're going to have one of the best experiences playing through this series on stream and people will get to enjoy that and it will be protected as much as possible from from people spoiling the game like when when i came to uh watch you play and watch you play up to rex recently there was a lot of like speedrunners in your chat just talking and, and having a good time um, mm -hmm. And the mods like had to work so hard to to get rid of people <laughs> trying to spoil the game. There were, there, mm -hmm. there was there was a lot of people out there. It, it I think it's in some ways it's because you ask a lot of questions while you're playing that you don't yeah. want answers to, mm -hmm. and people feel <laughs> compelled to answer them. Shout out to good mods. Awesome. Yes, they do a great job because yeah, we have like a few commands where. I, I, I took some of them from a few other streamers. Um, Limmy has one that's like, Limmy asks questions out loud. Please do not answer the questions. It's just part of his thought process. And so I have something like similar because I do ask questions out loud, but like I'm kind of, I'm talking to other people, but I also spend a lot of time talking to myself. So <laughs> that's just part of the thought process is like, right. oh, can I do this? I don't know. So it's good. It's nice that people want to help. And then, of course, there are those malicious people that do want to ruin it, but it's it's good. The mods, oh my gosh, speaking of mods, if I can delineate for a moment, yeah, I had, I was, I was playing a game that I was asked to play by the developers, and um, so I was playing it, and there was a dev in chat, and I had a mod that was, um, I think they were kind of pretty new, um, but they've, they'd been in my chat for a while, like, they're a good friend and everything. And so the the dev said something and was like, "Oh, you can do this." And oh no, my my mod timed them out, and I was like, "No, that was the dev." <laughs> so they are very oh, no. very good about it. But the dev was just laughing. I was laughing too, and my mod was like, "I'm so sorry," but it was great. So yeah, that's kind of the experience of it. I've I've got to say, um, it's really encouraging to me uh, to hear your view on just older games, PS1 games in particular, because one of the, 
one of the things I hear far too often is that people don't want to play older games because they just feel too antiquated or they don't look good or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, do you not watch classic movies either? Like, Mm -hmm. do you not listen to music made before 10 years ago? Like, what is your world like? And so when I hear people, you know, actively looking for those older experiences to kind of see how games were made back then and finding value in them, it just like I don't hear enough of that. I always it always kind of makes me smile. I think it's just part of the process because if you play like PlayStation games, especially, and like, I know it's been said about Ocarina of Time because controlling in Ocarina of Time is not easy, but like it was revolutionary at the time. And I think a lot of these games were, so you kind of have to have that in the back of your mind and appreciate that. And then just take the controlling schemes as sometimes as clunky as they are. Cause I've tried to play, um, PlayStation one Tomb Raider and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is very difficult. And I think that's just part of the difficulty, but also understanding what the developers were working with at the time and what they were able to accomplish, even if it's difficult. Having an appreciation like that kind of like maybe makes the experience a little bit different too. I just think it just proves so many people wrong because a a thing that the people say nowadays is that the Metal Gear Solid game needs to be remade so people can enjoy it now and we are on the other side and we say if you want to enjoy that game you can you can enjoy it now and you know you're really proven that that's exactly the way to play it as well oh I don't even know like it's it I think one great thing about remakes is visually they're really nice and then updated controllers and everything like that and then but I feel like with a with a game like this, you have newer Metal Gears and and you have that experience that you can have in those. And this is, I don't know, it's kind of cool to play something that almost feels like a um like a time capsule. And um the way that they they have to um communicate in the game, like I, I pointed out the other day, where the characters aren't opening and closing their mouth to talk, so their heads shake and I don't know. I feel like that's part of the charm of it too. And especially with Metal Gear. And if I play another game and I'm like, oh, I wish this was remade. It's usually because I'm like, oh, I want to see what the characters would look like in the style that we have now. But with this, it's like you have newer Metal Gear and and newer art. So you can kind of tell what they look like. I I just like it. I think it's really fun to play in, in its original kind of state. The ironic thing about this too is that Metal Gear Solid was remade. If you've heard of the Twin Snakes for GameCube. Oh. Mm. Where they took Metal Gear Solid 2's engine and remade Metal Gear Solid 1 inside of it. And and they sort of put a spin on it, too, by bringing in a, a, a different director for the cutscenes. So it tends to be a lot more outlandish. And, and um, <laughs> if you ever plan on playing it, I don't want to ruin too much, but let's just say mm-hmm. it's uh, it's far more action packed than the original. I see. Movies kind of do that, too. And yeah. it's, oh, it's certainly something else. So I, I would be interested to, to hear what you think on that if you ever get a chance to play it. Yeah, because generally yeah. when you bring up Twin Snakes in a Metal Gear conversation, it tends to breed conflict. But, you know, with somebody new, it would be interesting to see, you know, if a lot of people aren't the biggest fan of Twin Snakes, to be frank. And I won't elaborate mm-hmm. why, because it's a bit of a spoiler. Um, but mm-hmm. it would it would be really cool to see the subjective opinion of someone who kind of, you know, didn't go through the motions of playing these games during their release time and seeing if that might change your opinion on some of the changes that they made with Twin Snakes. But I guess we'll see. <laughs> Hopefully. Would you is there a um like an order that you would recommend Twin Snakes being in? Like, would you say, oh, play it after the first one or play it after like playing all of the other ones or just kind of anywhere? Um, if I were to- anywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm probably after two at least. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with that. Just just because it borrows those mechanics, and your first introduction to those mechanics is probably better at an MGS two. I see. I see. I may I may check it out because the 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 way that I'm getting this like information on on playing and everything is is disco is just kind of holding my hand through it like one of my best pals so i can't remember what he said about twin snakes but probably like go ahead and play it or if anything um so i'll see like 
I don't know. I don't know how I want to do it. Because I don't even... I'm going to be honest. I don't know how many Metal Gears there are. I don't know what order they're in. And, like, um... It differs depending of on my who stream, you ask. <laughs> yeah, it's True. literally based off of people's beliefs and principles. That answer. Because, uh, uh, like I said, I... I I don't even know all of the characters and I like to do this thing. Um, sometimes I do it at the beginning of the stream, depending on how much has happened where it's like things that I know about metal gear. And it's just pretty funny. Cause it's basically nothing. That was one of the funniest things I thought I saw in your stream. Was just <laughs> seeing the game being fully explained through your eyes and ex exactly how you remember the characters and you call, you called like revolver a lot like a revolver dose a lot or something mm -hmm. <laughs> and like sniper wolf is hotter than meryl like it's like, just stuff like that I, I, I really enjoy yeah it's pretty fun to do it that way i think my very first original one is is pretty good um because there's a command now where it's like in my chat if you bring it up it's like if it's not on this list don't talk about it but it's all basically um my stream of consciousness, which is also uh, entirely nonsense. So I can put that in our Discord chat right now, too. Honestly, <laughs> if, is I'm, this is going to sound kind of pretentious, but it's kind of a breath of fresh air after, you know, years of us scrutinizing over little details <laughs> because, you know, we've played these games a hundred times over. It's nice to see the perspective of someone who, let's see here, blonde hot one, Jaguar in Smash. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, this is a breath of fresh air. I don't, you guys can't see this, but this Snake. is like uh, all these notes. nice butt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that kind of Exclamation mark. <laughs> Tank mm -hmm. man mean. I can agree with that. My peepaw tells me how to do everything. Oh yeah, that's what I call the the old man that calls you. I call him my peepaw, and there's also now a novelty account on YouTube that's called Your Peepaw, and they have his profile image, and they'll comment on my Metal Gear videos. <laughs> it's it's been just perfect to see this, just just this absolute unique experience, and the whole like in in a way like as much as possible, the whole of the Metal Gear community is getting to see you play it for the first time it's been absolutely wonderful yeah the metal gear community is kind of insular these days so it it, it sort of needs this we're, we're all dying here <laughs> i felt like with everything that happened too and like uh with so i think was i think it was apache that i was talking to that was like oh what do you want to name this and i said kevin because i didn't want to take too much ownership of it and then later <laughs> my chat was like no you should call it so I, I was like, sure, the Boba Skip thing. But, um... I mean, I'm partial to Kevin. I think Kevin is pretty great. I just think it's because uh, my favorite thing ever is someone was like, oh, that's my cat, his name is Kevin, and I just thought that was hilarious. So I think, like, Kevin as a, hum a very human name for non-human things is great. Um, but with this, I think, because, like, like I said, I have no idea about speed running this game which i i do a bit more now because i've been going around watching people's streams because everybody in the community has just been so nice um which is a, another thing in itself but to see everyone be so excited about this and the reception of it that's been more valuable than pretty much anything else because even if it it got to like um kotaku and like ign and everything even before all that just seeing people being so excited about it and kind of like renewing this energy in the community that does the speed running and even just in the Metal Gear community itself is like kind of enough of a reward because I love playing video games and I love watching people play video games and I love being excited about video games. So I think that's just really great in itself. Yeah, it's it's been a now, much needed shot of positivity. Yeah. Um Especially after all, like the blue box stuff. Oh my god! Oh god! Um, maybe um, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm so done talking about blue box. I'm like, <laughs> I haven't mentioned it in days, and I don't. I don't plan to. Like. I, okay. I, I don't. Are you, are you familiar with the blue box stuff, Boba? Is it blockbuster? No, I don't know. <laughs> I fucking wish. Nah, it's just this indie game that I don't want to get too into it, but it's this indie game that people are gonna think. Are thinking it's the next Silent Hill or Metal Gear remake or something just based off of mm. 
some of the promotional materials that the developers are using. I'm still interested in the conspiracy, only as someone who is just, like, fascinated at, like, train wrecks. But Mm -hmm. I don't want to bring it up again as a Kojima slash Metal Gear podcaster, if that makes sense. Mm, I see. One one of the things that you might have missed, because this is sort of your introduction to Metal Gear, is that when Kojima makes games, he sort of works the marketing into these games as a game in themselves, sort of, you know? Right. Maybe, maybe I, not I, like I, an I, ARG sense, but like it's definitely playing with the audience a bit. I always tell people he curates your experience from the moment he they have that release trailer or teaser to the mm-hmm. moment you finish the credits at the end right. of the game. That's all... And he'll let you know if he was not involved in that experience. Like on Twitter, if there's a trailer that rele- that was released that was not directed by Hodeo Kojima for a Kojima game, he'll tweet it out and be like, oh, by the way, guys, I, I didn't do this this uh, this trailer, yeah. but yeah. I mean, he's on to the point of like, um, God, I can't, I can't even explain it uh, without spoiling something, so I'll try and be vague, but there are times mm-hmm. when uh, he'll change scenes that are shown in trailers for the sake of making a later point in the game. I mean, it it definitely sort of rides the line of false advertising a bit. And there have been a lot of, you know, conversations about this. But without getting into specifics, Mm -hmm. he will he will alter scenes entirely in the trailers as opposed to what's in the final game. And and not just because he's trying to hide what's in the game, but because the change is part of the point that the game is making. If that makes sense. It's so weird. It's so weird talking about this like. Yeah, it's such a vague perspective mm-hmm. when we usually you'll, you'll spend understand like hours talking soon. about this. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would say you know if it you just... get a chance, watch some of the trailers for these games. Uh, if you can, if you can ask somebody to kind of provide them for you so that you don't get spoiled yeah. by search results. Disco, um, I think you said his name was. Yeah, yeah. See if you can watch those in advance of playing it because that'll sort of uh, that'll sort of curate the experience a bit more. But but anyway, the point was that with PT. Uh, there was that whole game he played where, you know, you didn't know it was made by Kojima until people solved it and the credits were shown, right? They didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. It was just some random teaser. And so because of those sort of games he plays, any, and this has happened more than once, but anytime some indie developer or somebody comes out and, and something is made that is sort of shifty or, or intentionally enigmatic, for some Mm -hmm. reason, people immediately think, oh, that's gotta be Kojima playing another game. And oh my gosh. Yeah. And so that's kind of what the whole blue box thing is. I see. Okay. I can see that. Cause like talking about that stuff, like I come from, uh, I have a degree in art history and the experience with, with how he seems to do things just feels kind of almost like, um, what's it called? I'm the art historian. I should know this word, but like, uh, performance art, it's like performance art, which is, which is really fascinating. And yeah, so I guess, you know, if you're if you're not as attuned to that style, it can be sort of easy to mistake with things that that aren't that. I I see. So pretty much everybody is kind of like, oh, this is the next thing. Right. And then. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just been like a, a, a number of delays and 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 like in in software development term, non deliverables from this developer. So. It's gotten to a yeah. point now where either like where it feels like people associating this with Kojima is almost an insult. Yeah. There are um, bad actors who are who are oh, if you use the art you know, allegory, they're, they're trying to pass off this art as Kojima's for their own mm. benefit. They're like trying to sell fake paintings. It's like fake Banksy's kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's fake exactly. Banksy's for sure. And I'm sure there's going <laughs> to be somebody who who listens mm-hmm. to this and they're like, "Well, these guys, they don't, they just don't believe." And it's like, I want to believe, but there's nothing to believe. <laughs> yeah, you need like our, our, Kojima has set a precedent for quality and everything. It seems so. If there's stuff with this, I don't know if if that would. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but basically, it's like. With his standard of quality for things, you would think that there would be a little bit more control over it than and more, like you said, deliverables. Exactly. You, it, I mean, it's crazy. You say you don't know what you're talking about, but you're making more sense than people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm when, sorry. Um, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. No, you're right. I mean, when I PT think came the out, hope. When, when PT came out, 
he said that one of the things that they did to try and sort of hide what it was was to intentionally downgrade the graphics. And mm-hmm. yeah, they went to 30 frames per second. And PT looks amazing. So everyone thought he was kind of crazy for saying like you this was this is you making it look worse? Like what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. So like his he's he's like curating this stuff to a fault. So yeah, it's too it's too wishy-washy. It's extremely All of it just makes me think we just need more crossovers between like artistic dialogue and video games for sure too. So tying back to what you said at the start of this where your memory of Metal Gear is seeing the blonde man on the jeep and I'm sure you know that that's going to be all tied together in the game soon but have you sort of tied that back with your dad? I know you, you mentioned your brother, but mm-hmm. is it all kind of coming together in a way? Like, are you kind of getting what your dad's experience was in 1998 to now? I feel like, yeah, because my dad spent time playing video games. Not very much because he is a like deep sea fisherman. So he goes out and he's fishing for like days at a time sometimes. And then he would come back. And I, I told this on stream, but um, when I told my mom about what had happened, she was like, oh, I remember dad playing that game. And he had taken, he was building a boat at the time. And he took some of the big metal chairs off of the boat and he brought one home. And we like, they market gaming chairs where you can sit on the floor and you can kind of like, they're like shaped like a moon or something. So you can recline and sit however you want. So my dad brought his boat chair from his boat to the house and it's like fake leather kind of stuff and he would sit in that and play metal gear and my mom's like yeah he was playing that game for like seven months and he got stuck a lot of times and stuff (laughs) so it's really cool and and i guess too with my brother's experiences with it but it's just like having having nostalgia for games and then going through and experiencing them yourself too because like i also watched him play um resident evil i think Resident Evil 2 and maybe 1 and I've gone back and played the remakes of those too and it's just seeing the seeing the kind of like um snapshots of it like the man on the jeep or like a dog jumping through a window um in Resident Evil is is really oh it's really strange really nostalgic and just just kind of fucking cool you know it's yeah it's seriously cool and you always hear these stories about like kids trying to see their parents' experience. And with video games, I feel like we can kind of do that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we can't recreate the 50s. I don't think we want to recreate the 50s or an older time, but we can at least recreate those like digital experiences um, since those are hopefully curated. But I'm just kind of rambling on now. No, and I you did uh, put it well I- when you called it a, a time capsule, because uh, yeah. that's what a lot of these games are. You know, they are Sometimes, they are products of their time. One thing, and again, this is just me rambling, but I would love to one day see like a, a gameplay art history class where we go through, you know, different gaming generations and and see how that gameplay evolved, going back to the art from adversity on how that developed certain game mechanics and how certain game mechanics became like phased into the industry. And who knows, maybe Metal Gear could be one of them. Sorry, I'm just like, I have no, I'm Metal like, Gear is like, even just from a new, fresh outlook of it. And like, this sort of sentence has weight to it. But I feel like Metal Gear itself as a video game is not only a piece of art, but also kind of a masterpiece itself throughout the series. I feel like there's a few games that are kind of like that, but I just playing it and having the history behind it and how long it's been around and just the care that went into it. It's kind of like an artist makes a masterpiece and that's kind of their like, this is the thing that I made and it's the best thing that I've made. I kind of feel like that's kind of what this is. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. Depending on, you know, for different people where they're at, a lot of people can consider it as best work. Um, and, yeah, I, I I think many of his games can be can be considered masterpieces. Mm-hmm. Um, MGS One is kind so of that perfect that... storm, though. 
Yeah, I'm so happy that that's that's how you feel playing it in 2021. I really do. It's, it's so... just a brilliant introduction to it, to everything. Um, being on the PlayStation One and and being as kind of advanced as it feels, and just how interactive it is. Because I feel like games that you play where there's story and you progress through it are great, but I love interactivity. In, in streaming and in video games. And this has so much of that and so much thought behind it. It's just really cool. How, and- how do you feel that you're going to be put, told as part of this story, you know, for years? And I, in my opinion, I think people will play these games forever. Um, but when people continue to speedrun these games, um, especially Metal Gear Solid 1 at events, you know, in a year's time, two years' time, that story's still going to be told, and that that skip is in every single run. Um, so your name is always going to come up, and it's going to be synonymous with Metal Gear Solid speedrunning. Like, do you do you think it in your head? Is it like is it just going to go away, or do you think it's cool that like you you're a part of that forever now? I don't know. There's 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 something to say about the video game sphere and the online sphere where it feels like very fast paced and things change but i think with this it just feels sort of special even from an outside standpoint because like we've been saying i've played it for the first time and this is something that has just by chance happened so i i'm happy for that and i think what i would hope kind of comes away from it and when it's mentioned is just like when it comes to things that are competitive like video games and speedrunning we can be like really hard on ourselves and there can kind of be like um like this kind of not like fighting but tension maybe and hopefully just what remains from it is like just someone having a good time playing a game and enjoying it and experiencing it for themselves and then something great coming of it cuz it i'm very much the kind of person where like I wanted to name it Kevin because I didn't want to get too much attention and I try to really like lift other people up with things. Um, so it feels weird to be like, I will be a part of this forever, but I would just like it to be that experience and sort of everything surrounding it that made it kind of what's been so fun interacting with people playing a game for the first time and enjoying it and seeing how excited everybody is. That's that's the best part of all of it. That um, that said a lot about your character when you know you didn't want to name it after yourself. Like it's kind of like you know when people find a star for the first time, they get to name it. It's mm-hmm. kind of like that in speedrunning. <laughs> it's very much understood that um, that people will name it after themselves. That's not like um, egotistical or anything. But because mm-hmm. uh, for yourself, like you, you know, you went into speedrunning, um, and you don't you don't like know how how that works i guess um it came across to you as like oh i don't want to make this all about me and we were like no it is all about you (laughs) you know it it really is all about you um so it was really important to us that when we were asking you for the name and like if if you just said it's you know it's kevin we're just calling it kevin three three four years down the line we'd be like all right this is kevin skip you know, mm-hmm. like it, it, it still will have both names. I think forever, like that. that most glitch stories come from. Well, I played <laughs> this game for twenty years, and one day I was just sick of not being able to get through this door. So for eighteen hours, I sat in a Discord with three other people, and mm-hmm. we just threw everything at it until we could get through it. Like glitch stories come from people who mostly like purposely went out of their way. Like you know, it was theorized, and then behind the scenes they worked and worked and worked and, until they could get through it um with you it's just it's such a nicer story to tell you know the, the, this nice this nice person was was playing the game on stream and and they they, they found it accidentally um and it's even got a song it's, it's even got a song i am so like oh my gosh i think about it and i'm like haha kojima has retweeted it so he has read my name with his eyes before that's pretty cool but then i'm like oh my god how many people have listened to me sing that dumb song just because i just do that all the time because i'm a wiener and i just fucking sing <laughs> Did Kojima hear my dumb song? I don't know. It's gonna be like I, that's gonna go like with you to the grave, did. man. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I like to think I like to think he did, and I like to think that he enjoyed it as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So like I I said I said straight away like anytime a person does it they have to they have to sing the song and even on your wiki page on on uh, the Yogscast wiki mm-hmm. um, the lyrics for the song are printed on there. <laughs> yep. There's been a few remixes of it and stuff. Uh, one of the other one of the editors that works at the Yogscast has done a rock version, a country music version, I think, and then a piano version, which is my favorite because it's kind of somber and sad and the, the tone has been put down, but you can still tell I'm laughing in it. Um, <laughs> but I really like it. It's <laughs> I don't know. It, it's been sort of the experience where I woke up and I was like, uh, what the fuck's happening? And then um, my friend Ravs, who loves Kojima so much, messaged me at like 3am and was like, Kojima retweeted your thing. And I read it at like 7 a.m. and tweeted about it. And then I went back to sleep because I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> there's, a, there's a common thing um, because of the way people enjoy these games. When people see speedruns of the game, uh, there's a common phrase people say, which is not as Kojima intended. And they try mm. and belittle or put down people who speedrun these games for doing so and and like they're doing something wrong um, for trying to complete these games as fast as possible. Um, Kojima retweeting um, a person going through the wall and skipping through a section of the game was a really, really big deal to speedrunners. It was, it, yeah. it was very uh, humbling experience for a lot of us. <laughs> I think those sorts of comments are interesting because I remember um, when I first got a PC. I think I was uh, in high school, and then I moved back home during college. And my little brother would play Skyrim on his PC. And he would glitch through the walls and do all of this stuff and cheat. And I would get like mad at him because I'm like, why don't you play it normal first and then go back and break it? But he was like, no, I like playing it this way. And I would get frustrated because it was like my first time having an actual like nice thing to play games on and stuff. And I was kind of really getting into them. But then I got over it because I was like, whatever, he'll let him do whatever the fuck he wants. But now like... What I've done with this is being kind of like I've gone into the Metal Gear Solid speedrunning discord and like I've gone into streams and I've hosted people's streams and I've watched them and it's really cool. And I think if people say you're not supposed to play the game this way, what in what in our lives do we ever have to do completely 100% as intended? And if you think like with that, with this, the psychomantis um fight and if you think about in the prison there's so many different ways to do it and none of them are wrong so like if there's a way to do something then like it's there you know it's it's if it's able to be done then why not just do it it's not first of all it it always comes down to is this hurting you no then why do you care (laughs) but when i've been watching these speed runs as someone who never watched them before they're pretty exciting because it does take skill with some things, but it also takes background knowledge, it takes practice, and it takes um, like the implementation of those things. So it almost feels like a sport itself. And if you look at it at that angle too, it's really interesting to watch. And I don't think when it comes to like, this is not as the person intended, people do that in art too. And Every every interaction that we have with those sorts of things is unique in itself because we're the person doing it. So with video games, it's the same thing. Things can be linear, but the way that you play it is going to be different just about every time. So like I, I feel like that argument is just kind of silly. Yeah, I think it's I think I think it just really comes down to to elitism and, and like you say, it, 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 people worry too much about things that don't hurt them, right? Like, yeah. People people get really involved in, in things that just don't affect them in any way. But yeah. But having that a, recognition ha- from Kojima was a, a huge, huge deal. I'm glad. I'm glad I'll, that then I can say I did it on purpose. Which, <laughs> if, it, if it helps, and it's like Kojima has kind of like acknowledged it and almost in a way, because he, he's, I'm going to say he's a weirdo, but I don't mean it. I kind of mean it in an endearing way. He's a weirdo. So he's probably like... That's pretty cool in his Kojima voice, you know? He was like, oh, damn, my game has been out for this long, and they did this? 
that's cool, you know? And and also that people are still interested in his game that came out 23 years ago. What does he care if they're like breaking it, you know? There's still discourse around it. People are still playing it. Yeah, I, I did I did wonder if there was some sort of situation where he, he saw it and then he called up whoever did like a Q&A lead at the time and was like, how did you let this one slip through the cracks? I was yeah. wondering that actually, <laughs> like that seems like one you catch. But, yeah. but nobody gonna... has until now. So, yeah. And you know what's funny about all this um, is this is not even like the other thing that was discovered in the Metal Gear community this week. This is not even the like one thing that was discovered. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if like you heard this on all the commotion, Boba, but um, like apparently, you know, the area, the gas area. Um, and the yes. nuclear storage building, like the really annoying place where you can't use weapons. Uh, apparently, none of us tried. You know, you, 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 none of us tried to get suffocated with gas while being in the cardboard box until Mister Colonel Hector over on Reddit decided to try it. And now, even after twenty years, twenty what is it like nineteen ninety eight? So that's what like twenty three years. Right? Twenty three years. I can't math right now. Um, we have in, in in one week in 2021, we have discovered in this game a skip which takes out like plot and uh, a repel minigame, an infamous repel minigame. And we've also discovered a death animation again, 20 years after <laughs> after this game has come out. So, yeah, this is this has truly been a unique but much needed discoveries for the Metal Gear fan base. Mm-hmm. I did that one on stream the other day. I was like, ooh, I heard you can do this, too. <laughs> just pretty funny. I do like how he just kind of keels over. Mm-hmm. The gas can't get you if you're in the box. Everyone knows that. So, something I've been really militant about with these games is saying there is more stuff to find in the gameplay. Like, do, mm-hmm. people have exhausted the finds of like hidden i think hidden cutscenes and lore information and things like that but there is still so much to be found in the gameplay that that hasn't that hasn't been done yet and you know there's just further proof of that and that, there's that so you much- could find something so massive and there's so much to teach each other too like i every time i stream metal gear solid one which is very few and far between unfortunately but every time i always have a friend or something that it's like, oh, I didn't know about that. And the same thing happens when I go to their Metal Gear Solid stream. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know why that's such a controversial opinion, but it's it's absolutely right. Looking forward to your next discovery. Boba. Yeah, uh, we're, I was going to say, <laughs> we it's been about like an hour and some change. So I think we should wrap this up. But uh, Boba, if you could provide, you know, where we can find you online, Twitch, Twitter, all your socials. And let us know, you know, what's coming up for you in, in streaming and in the Metal Gear streaming space. Oh my gosh. Um, so I am a member of the Augs cast, which was basically uh, a lifelong dream that I somehow managed to accidentally do. Um, so you can find me through Yogg's cast stuff. Uh, I stream on my channel, twitch.tv slash boba, which is B-O-B-A. I just rebranded recently. Um, Twitter is twitter.com slash boba underscore witch which i had dropped from twitter or from twitch um i'll be playing metal gear hopefully finishing it soon um the first one and then moving on to the next one i play a variety of games i do a lot of stuff with community and hang out and i don't know i don't know because if you would ask me hey what are you gonna do next week and it was a few weeks ago i I would not have guessed any of this, so <laughs> who knows? Well, I mean, it, it, no matter where it goes, we're really looking forward to it. And I know this week has been super crazy for you, so we really appreciate you coming on, having this conversation, breaking down your very tumultuous Metal Gear experience. And we really <laughs> look forward to seeing like what the future holds with that experience. So we're been excited. glad to come on. Like, like I said, everybody's been so nice and interacting with everybody has been great so of course uh, this has just been super interesting too to talk to people who are really passionate about something that i'm experiencing for the first time too 